The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Uh, with that being said, if you have not been here the last couple of weeks, the big announcement we made on our anniversary Sunday a couple of weeks ago was come Mother's Day in May, we will be moving from this school to Hilton High School. We will start worshiping at Hilton High School May 12 uh, forward. So it's not that far from here. For some of you, it's closer to that that side of town, uh, but it's only a couple miles from here, and we're going to start gearing up our teams. In order to shift, there's always transition. There's always opportunities to serve and volunteer to help us uh, make school work, I mean church work in another location. So we're we're recruiting for all our teams. We'll be talking about that more as the weeks unfold leading up to our move. So uh, exciting news there. And we're excited about what God's going to do as we get to worship another day together. Let me pray for us, and we'll dive into our study today. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you that we get to be a part of your plan, your plan to live lives generously, not so that people look at us and say, oh, those are really nice people, but instead so that people will see our kind works and know, come to know you, our Father in heaven. So, God, I pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you would help us to see what you want us to see, that we would apply it as you would lead us to apply it, and that we would be willing to serve in your mission. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we started this series a couple weeks ago called Living Generously. The first two weeks, we looked at some financial reasons why we're strapped and we don't always do the things that we wish we could. And um, we told you we're going to be starting a class soon uh, to help you get freed up uh, called Financial Peace University. And that class will be giving you the date soon. Um, But God calls us to live generously, not just with our time, I mean, not just with our treasure, but also with our time and our talents. And we're going to be diving into that in a little bit this morning. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Uh, That's where we're going to be today. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring you a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. Please take it, keep it, and if it's banged up and being used a little bit, we'll get you a brand new one if you need it, all right? So uh, just leave your hand up and our ushers will get. uh, And we also have notes for you this morning to follow along. Mark Mark chapter 2. Man, I'm losing my voice already. I'm sorry. Excuse me. All right, Mark chapter 2. Let me read for us, and then we'll we'll dive in. Here we go. I'm going to start in verse 13. Mark chapter 2. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and began to teach him. As he walked along, he saw Levi. Levi's name was changed. Does anybody know what his name was changed to? Matthew, exactly. He saw a man named Levi, who later would have his name changed to Matthew, son of Alphaeus. He was sitting at a tax collector's booth, not paying taxes. He was the actual tax collector. We'll get into that in a little bit as well. Jesus said to Levi, follow me. Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. We know that later, from other passages of Scripture, Levi sends a note out. He Facebook messages all his friends. And says, I've just met this guy, Jesus. You've got to meet him. I'm holding a party at my house tonight. Please come. And all his fellow tax collectors 
and a bunch of people that were despised and rejected, they fill this house, and Jesus goes and has a party for them, has dinner. Look at the account here. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. Tax collectors and who? Sinners. How many of you are sinners? Yeah, me too. Jesus came for us. We're going to see that here in a minute. Many of the tax collectors and the sinners were eating with him and his disciples. There were many who followed him. Verse 16. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with them, the tax collectors and the sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, it is the sick. I have not called, come to call the righteous, but the sinners. We believe that as a church that God has called us to live generously. The last couple of weeks, we looked at how God wants us to serve him, how the blessings he's poured into our lives financially. We looked at how the scriptures actually command us that one-tenth of all that God blesses us with, we are to return to him. It's not ours. We, we give it back. And he allows us to keep that 90%. And he calls us and he says, test me in this and see that I am not God, that I won't open the floodgates of heaven and bless you beyond what you can imagine. We also are called to live lives of generosity with how we're equipped, with our time, with our talents. And you might be saying, John, I just don't, I don't have time. I have no time to give. Or you might look at yourself and say, you know, I, I don't really have that much to offer. I encourage you, you open up your heart to Jesus. God will show you exactly how it is that he wants to use you. If you're willing to have a generous heart, a heart that says, here I am, Lord, send me, use me, choose me, and he will. Here we see Jesus set an example for us. We see Jesus here willing to do what we believe God is calling us to do as a church. The church is not a building. Our goal is not to one day build a stained glass cathedral on a corner somewhere that people can say, hey, look at there, that's Hopeville Church. But instead, we want people to look at you and say, that's Hopeville Church. That person is a church. How many of you have the I am the church shirt? We want people to see the church is the people. It's you. It's, 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 it's individuals like you and me who are broken but called by a loving and forgiving God who steps into the mess and creates a masterpiece, who shows us how we can be a part of his plan and share his unending love with a world so desperately in need of hope. And that is the church, and that is our mission, that is our heartbeat, that we would be willing, as Jesus said here, I have come not for the healthy, but for the sick. I have come to reach those who have not yet met Jesus. And we want to be a church that is willing do things others aren't doing so that we can reach people others aren't reaching. We're not here to create great programs and, and a cool band that would attract other Christians to leave whatever they're a part of to come be a part of our thing. We're not here to do that. We're here to reach those who have not yet been reached. And we're here to equip those like you and like myself. I still need more equipping so that I can be better in doing the things God has called me to do and doing the things that God has called you to do so that we can go out and do 
know who he's trying to get to be the church, not just attend something called church. Are you following me? Hello? Are you awake? Good. Jesus here, he went out and he met this, this tax collector. Now, this wasn't like your local H&R Block person with a guy wearing a statue costume on the corner. These guys were looked at as, as traitors. These were Jewish people who were betraying their own people, working for the Roman Empire, who had moved in and taken rule, and they were going from town to town, setting up booths, and saying, you know what, come on, pay up. we got to pay for these roads and these camels, and we got to do all this. Uh, give me your money, and, and in the process, lining their own pockets and getting rich off of these people. They were despised. They were rejected. And the Pharisees of the law, the teachers of the law, not 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 attorneys and judges, but people who were professional Old Testament law keepers. These, they felt that way about themselves. They studied the law and they judged everybody according to the laws of the Bible. And, and they looked at Jesus and they said, why is he eating with those sinners, those tax collectors? Jesus was often accused of going where he shouldn't go. The Bible says that Jesus came eating and drinking. That is the way he connected with people. He was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. Jesus. Many people looked at him and said, why is he associating with those prostitutes, with those sinners, with those thieves, with those, with those tax collectors? He was willing to do things others weren't willing to do to reach people that others weren't reaching. And Jesus wants us to follow in those same footsteps of reaching out to the unreached caring for those who are in need, not just teaching people that there is a heaven and a hell and there's a God that loves them, but meeting their real everyday needs. Countless accounts, one after the other, talk about Jesus healing the sick, feeding the hungry, ministering to those who are prisoned, while pointing himself to the Father, to the kingdom of heaven. And here, Jesus is willing to reach people others aren't reaching. He goes out and he reaches crowds. I had a great example of this in my own life. I had a youth pastor. His name was Ed. Pastor Ed. He uh, was our youth pastor at church. And one day I came to the youth group, and as I was walking towards the youth room, I got hit with this really strong stench of cigarette smoke. We had opened up the smoking section. It was, it was weird. Okay? And as I'm walking back to the youth room, I turned the corner, and there in the youth room was this crowd of, of guys that I had never seen before. Long hair, ripped jeans, jean jackets, Metallica, Slayer, Ozzy Osbourne shirts, all these kids we called stoners. I was a part of a skater crowd, and they were the stoners. And, and, uh, and I was like, where did these guys come from, and why are they here? What's going on? And the second thing I saw was uh, tables full of pizza, and I was like, man, this is never had pizza here at the youth group, and Ed was a new youth pastor, and he he was serious about reaching those others weren't reaching, and so I would learn later that next summer I became an intern under him, and he shared with me that he would go to schools, and he would meet kids, and not just go to meet, you know, the kids that were already in the youth group, but he would intentionally go out of his way and meet kids who weren't yet reached, and so this, um, that night I met this kid, Eddie, and this kid named Heath, and they both came to know the Lord that night. They both prayed to receive Jesus, and they came back the next week. The next week, something was a little different. I, I showed up to youth group, and I saw them, and they weren't wearing their 
their jean jackets and their T-shirts. Instead, they were wearing last year's half T-shirts. I thought, that's kind of cool, but it's kind of weird. What happened? It's got to be a story. What happened was, when these guys showed up a second time, some of our church leaders went to Ed and said, you can't let those guys in. You gotta, they can't come to church wearing those shirts. And so our pastor was like, you can't tell me i got to turn them away. And if a shirt is really going to make me feel that way, he went and dug out some Canton t-shirts and had them changed. That's the kind of ministry that Ed would do. He would go to reach the unreached. He would go out to, to do things to intentionally not just care for those who are already in the flock, but to reach those, like Jesus, who weren't being reached. I carried this into my early years of ministry, reaching out. I had, I had a lot of fun skating, and so I was in a church that was halfway built. They ran out of money before they finished building their gym. And so I was like, man, this indoor space looks huge. We don't have a floor yet. And I asked the uh, deacons and the leaders if I could build a skate rink. They were like, sure, if you think that will reach a few kids. The first weekend we opened, 300 kids came. And we kept that thing going, and kids would come, and we'd play Christian music and skate, and we formed a, a ministry skate team that would go and tour, and the kids who would come to Jesus would share their testimonies. We were willing to do things others weren't doing to reach people that others weren't reaching. And that's what we want our heartbeat as a church to be. That we are here to say, whether you believe in God or not, we love you. We want you to be a part of what God has. And even if you don't believe in him, come and be a part of it. We want to love on you and care for you. And that's why we bought a house next to a trailer park, serving a community that has high need. That's why we often have events like pre-sales and clothing drives. And we give out more than we take in. Because we believe it's important for us to live generously reaching those that others aren't reaching. That's why we exist as a church. Not to come and sit in a gathering and sing a few songs and go on about our week. This is our place to get our game on and live out the life God's called us to live. Living generously. Jesus was accused of being a, a, a sinner, a glutton, and a drunkard because he would go out of his way to reach those that others weren't reaching. We want people to accuse us of similar things so that we can reach those that others aren't reaching. So this morning I want to look at a passage of Scripture right before this to kind of give us some marching orders, if you will. How do we do this? What does this look like for us as a church? I want us to go back to verse 1 of the same passage, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And um, again, let's read it together. A few days later, Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such a large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. This was above Jesus, and they dug a hole and lowered the man through the hole as he was lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there, and they were thinking to themselves, 
Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? For me to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to tell him, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that me, the Son of Man, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, and he took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, want to point out a couple things before we close today from this passage of scripture. I believe that that God wants us to be just like these four guys. They had heard Jesus was in town. They got up, they got prepared, and instead of just going straight to town where Jesus was teaching, they immediately thought of somebody that needed Jesus. Where are you in that I want you to evaluate yourself right now. I want you to think on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being, you know what, I actually am happy certain people don't know Jesus. They deserve what they're getting. I don't ever want to see them in heaven. Hopefully none of you think that. 10 would be, man, I want to do everything I can to reach everyone in my life. I want to, I want to live it and breathe it. I want to tell it. I want to share it. I don't care if I offend people. I am sharing the gospel, and I want everyone to know it. Where are you on that spectrum of having a burden for the lost? You're kind of in the middle, you know, yeah, I really want people to know Jesus. I'm not sure I want to offend anyone, so I'll just wait for the opportunity to kind of present itself, and I'll share if I get the opportunity. Where are you? Rate yourself. My hope is that we as people would be like these guys. You know, they heard Jesus was there. There The the news spread quickly. A crowd formed. So much so that nobody could get in the house. People were, you know, leaning, looking through the the holes in the side of the house. They were blocking the door. A a big crowd got there. These four men, instead of just going there quickly on their own, they stopped and they found somebody that needed Jesus. They went and they got this paralyzed man. They each grabbed the corner of the mat and they carried them to Jesus. There are some people in your life that need to be carried to Jesus. They may not be physically spiritualized, uh, physically paralyzed, but they may be spiritually paralyzed, not yet knowing the love of God. Who is it that God has in your life right now? Can you see them? Can you can you name their name right now? Who is it that God is wanting you to carry to him? These men, they got up, they went and they found this man. They picked him up and carried his mat. And when they got to the building where Jesus was, it was crowded. And a lot of our church programs, it's about building crowds. A lot of us think that we have a healthy church if we have a big crowd. You know, I would say in some ways that crowd was kind of keeping the thing that needed to happen from happening. There was such a big crowd and they were so being entertained by what Jesus said. Their back was to the hurting and the lost. And in some ways they were a barrier to what was important. And as they're worshiping, this guy comes up in need, carried by his friends, and they can't get in. They're like, man, I guess it's not God's will. God doesn't want us to bring him there today. Is that what they did? 
No, they couldn't get in, and so they said, you know what? We can't get in. The door's blocked, but there's a roof. And they took the man, and I don't know how they did it. I can't wait to get to heaven. There's certain stories in the Bible. I'm like, okay, Jesus, I want you to put the tape in. I want to see how it happened. you got to show me. But whatever happened, they took the man. They got him up on top of the roof, some type of mud hut type situation or something. And the scripture tells us they dig a hole in the roof big enough for them to lower this man down with his mat. I can see it now. They're all grabbing a corner, and they're all leaning down, and they're on a roof. The ground is, I would imagine, at least six feet below them, at least. I don't think their arms are that long, but somehow, some way, they got to get him to Jesus. He's paralyzed already, so. They drop him. Jesus will take care of him. So they get him to Jesus. And, and, and what, what God is looking for, number one, your first plank, is willing uh, some people who are willing to bear some burdens. Sometimes getting people to Jesus is going to be hard work. These men, they went out of their way to find a man who was paralyzed, and sometimes we've got to go out of our way in order to bring somebody to Jesus. They've got to carry him, and they've got to take him, and they get to the crowd, and they lift him on top of this roof. They dig a hole and they lower him to Jesus. Are you willing to bear a burden today? In order to get people to Jesus, we got to be willing to do what others aren't willing to do to reach people others aren't willing to reach. What kind of barriers and burdens, what kind of burdens are we willing to carry? Some of the burdens that God wants us to carry are, are pretty easy. Some of the burdens involve you helping carry someone from the front door of their car into a worship center they're nervous because they don't know anybody here. Some of the burdens that God might lead you to carry is joining our coffee team to welcome somebody with a nice smile and a warm cup of coffee. Some of the burdens that God might want you to carry is to join our nursery team so you can hold babies and love them while a couple sits and hears the truth of Jesus for the first time. What is it that God is wanting you to carry? What burden is it? In which way, shape, or form can you help carry a mat bringing someone to Jesus? It might be reaching out and starting something in your in your neighborhood. It might be reaching out to a coworker. But God has a burden for each of us to bear, a blessing for each of us to take home, so that we can be a blessing to others. These men went out of their way to find this man who needed Jesus, and they carried him. Is it that God wants you to carry? Number two, they were willing to break some rules. They were willing to dig through a hole of a roof if it was necessary. My youth pastor, he didn't care what the leaders of the church thought. He needed to get those kids to Jesus, even if it involved giving up a year-old camping trip. He was willing to reach those others one reach out by breaking some rules. What is it that God is calling for you today to help us to be the church that God wants us to be, to reach people who aren't being reached? What is it that God is calling you to do? They dug through the hole, the roof. They made a hole. They lowered the man to Jesus, and then Jesus took over from there. Some of us, we just need to get people to Jesus, and Jesus will take them from there. Jesus looked down at this man, and of course, his immediate need was that he was paralyzed. 
but it's eternal gains that he gives a sinner who needs salvation. We give out backpacks and book bags, and we give out food and clothing, not so that we can feed people, not so that we can keep them warm in the winter, but so that ultimately we have a chance to let them know the love of Jesus. That's why we do things. We're going to do things others aren't doing to reach people others aren't reaching. When I pray about this, when I think about this, I see a church of people who aren't judging people because they're not yet Christians, but instead seeing them as people whom Jesus loves and we're going to love them anyway. I see a people who are using their gifts and talents and abilities not just to put on church services on Sunday mornings, but are willing to serve throughout the week. Helping teach English as a second language. Helping work a food pantry or a clothes closet. People who are willing to host Bible studies in their homes or throw parties for their neighbors so they can come to know Jesus. What is it that God is leading you to do? This morning, I want to challenge you as we look to be the church God wants us to be. Our goal is not to grow and form bigger crowds. Our goal is to help you be the person God wants you to be to reach the people God has put in your life they'll ultimately come to know him as Savior and Lord. And yes, we hope that the fruit of that is growth. We hope that more people will come to know him so that we can continue to build disciples who are willing to make disciples of other nations. In your handouts today, there's a yellow form. In that form, there's a number of ways that you can carry mats in our church. That you can help bring people to we don't want you to be limited just to what we've written down. If there are things that you know that God is calling you to do, we want to be a church that gets behind you and the mission and the vision that God has laid on your heart so that you can do the things that God has called you to do. This board up here also has a number of opportunities that we have for you to be a blessing and be a part of what we do on a Sunday morning, what we do at our Hope House, what we do in our community. I want to encourage you. Ask God the question, how can I be more like you? A friend of Steve, somebody that goes out of my way to carry me to the people that need to be carried. Who are the people that God has put in your life that need the love of Jesus? What are the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you that he wants you to use for him? That's the challenge today. As our worship team comes up to lead us in a time of closing, my hope is that you would really ask God that question. We do not want to be a church where we just put on an hour program a week. We're here, get the warm fuzzies, listen to some good music, are encouraged by a challenging message. We want to be a place where you are challenged and equipped to live out And so as our worship team closes us today and we focus on a Savior who did everything to step into the mess of our world, out of response to who he is and what he's done for us, my hope is that you would say, Jesus, thank you for doing all you've done for me. How can I live a life more generously for you? How can I serve you more with my time, my talent, my treasure? How can I be a part of this church family? 
in a way that will contribute to the benefit and care of others and the extension of mission to the world where each and every one of us is needed. We are all part of the same body, and every part of this body is needed. If the body were to say to itself, mm, I don't need that foot, the whole body needs it. If an eye would say to the mouth, I don't need you, the whole body needs you. Some of you have gifts and talents and abilities that others don't have. We need each and every one of you plugged in, whether it's a worship team or a door greeter or someone who's behind the scenes printing our curriculum that we pass out to children. There are many roles, all ways for us to carry through this mission to the world. What is yours? What are you doing? You're part of this church. How are you living generously? We want you to think of ways to take a step of obedience toward the world. So in your form, you got that yellow form up here on this board. If you want a more detailed description of some of the positions, we're immediately looking to fill on our volunteer teams. Come check that out before you leave today. Ask God, what do you want me to do? And then respond by obeying him. Join a team and help him figure out what to do. Okay. The importance of all of this ultimately is getting people to Jesus. And if you're here this morning because you were drugged here or drugged to be here, we want you to know that we love you, but Jesus loves you even more. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was here, he went to a cross and he gave up his life in our place. The Bible says that he who never sinned took on our sin so that he could exchange his life of righteousness for our brokenness. And the Bible tells us that if you do not know Jesus, that you simply need to say to him, I believe in you. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for the forgiveness that you offer. And I, I, I put my faith in you. I pray that you come into my life and make me new. Forgive me for the things that I've done. Forgive me for not putting my trust in you and doing things my own way. Help me now to follow you. If you have never done that, you can do it here today. The scriptures say at the moment that we believe in our heart and confess him as Lord. The minute that we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and willing to forgive us of all unrighteousness, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you are from him. He loves you. And he wants to change your life so this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer, and if that's you, and you would say, I need that. I need the transforming love and forgiveness of God in my life, then you can invite his love into your life right now. Will you all pray with me? Let's pray. If you need to invite the love of Jesus into your life, say to this hymn right now, Dear God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross and dying I know that I've walked my own way. I've done things that are wrong. I've stumbled. I've messed up. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and make me new. Help me to learn 
Father God, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for those that are here today that may not have come knowing you. That you just have passed from moments that changed as they called out to you as Father and Savior. I thank you for bringing them here today. If you're here this morning, you would say, Pastor John, I prayed that prayer today. I invited Jesus into my life. I would love to know so I can pray for you and encourage you. Would you just raise your hand and say, John, I prayed that prayer this morning. I need Jesus, and I invited him into my life. Is there anybody here this morning that did that? Anyone at all? Raise your hand. Leave it up so I can see it. Anyone? Father God, I thank you for the way that you love, the way that you forgive, the way that you are merciful way that you give us second and third and fourth and fifth chances and that you're constantly pursuing us. I thank you for the lives that have been transformed this morning as others have prayed and received you. And I pray that you continue to show us our next steps and our journey with you in reaching others who do not yet know you. Thank you, Jesus. Now I pray for those of us who know Jesus know you as Lord, that we would be serious about your mission, that we would take the next step of faith with you. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of worship and celebration, and then we're going to do baptisms in a moment. If you gave your heart to Jesus at some time today, in the past, The scriptures tell us that baptism is a symbol. It's a symbol of us identifying with Christ. Christ came, he died in our place, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. And the scriptures tell us that when we put our belief and trust in him, we are to then be baptized, going through the waters of baptism. And today, we get to take that step with the couple that are here. And if you did not come today expecting to be baptized, but you know today is your day, We don't want to stop you. And we are ready to baptize. The water is warm. I just felt it a few minutes ago. And we have all day. So we have to be out of here by one. But we can do a few more. So if today is your day, you know that you need to take that step of baptism. We have shirts that you can change into after. Don't let that hold you back. We don't have pants, though. So you just have to deal with that, okay? But if today is your day, Take that step of baptism, declaring you believe in Jesus and you want this church family to know. Think about that. So let us stand together. We're going to worship together, and then we're going to celebrate together. If during this time you know that you have a need that you want prayer about, we have some prayer team members in the back. I'm going to be up here in front. If you want to pray, give your heart to Jesus, come let one of us know. If you've got some burden or struggle that you need help with, come let one of us know and we will pray with you. Respond now as the Lord leads you. Let's worship together.